Welcome to the Sedated Man Podcast. We're here to help you break free from all that's holding you down and provide you with the tools to embrace the brotherhood of Christ. It's time to stand back up and be the man you were meant to be. Here's your host, Mike Baker. Welcome to the Saved Man, episode 83, Separation of Church and College. That's right, not church and state, church and college. Uh, I've had many discussions with uh, younger people over the years, and, I, and when I say younger people, I'm talking primarily, uh, uh, well, I just turned 50 on Mother's Day, so there you go. So when I say younger people, I'm talking uh People like just out of college who have now gotten married, maybe had a kid, they're trying to make their way. And I've been in their their homes doing what I do for a living. And I've talked to a lot of them about where they're at politically and what their, their leanings are and maybe why, how they came to that and why they're there. So, you know, there's a huge question being asked throughout the church as a whole. Why are young people leaving church? Okay. Some leave after high school, a lot leave after college. So what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about some of those discussions. I want to talk about what it really looks like, what it looks like in today's society, what it looks like with all our issues, and maybe what we need to do about it. You know, and I want to talk about the cause. If you really look, the cause is pretty easy to see. But what you're not going to like is that the cause is more us as Christians than it is college professors. Okay, so with that, going back to what I was saying, so I've talked to a lot of people, like a lot of people. Now, I am very conservative, not Republican, but I am very conservative. Okay, I don't particularly care to align myself with, with any party. So, so I managed to get into discussions with these, uh, these younger people who are primarily liberal, primarily liberal. And so long, I've noticed, it's very interesting, so long as I don't get hot and heated about what I'm thinking, I mean, you can be passionate, but you don't have to be a jerk, okay? And so long as I'm not hot and heated and I actually give what they're saying, give them a chance to actually speak, it's amazing how far a conversation can go, even with somebody that's liberal. So, one, one conversation, now they've all come with the same outcome overall, but one particular conversation I remember was with a young lady, and she, like many, was telling me about her very conservative upbringing and her very conservative background. But now she was primarily liberal. And so I asked her, why is that? Why do you think that you went from this, this uber conservative uh, backside to this now liberal uh, forward movement? And she said, well, I'm not sure why. She said, I just changed my views. And I said, when do you think that happened? And she said exactly what I was looking for. Uh, college, I think, yeah, it was college. Uh, I went in this and I, and I came out that. College really opened my mind to, you know, the things in college. You have no idea how many times I've had this conversation. No idea how many times I've, I've kind of politely pulled this out of younger people. And it's almost always college. So why is this term the separation of church and college? Because 
We need to take a solid look at why when our kids go to college, now I'm not a huge college push guy, all right? I know college is being really pushed. I mean, really pushed to the point where I've had kids look at me because I am all about follow what you think God wants you to do. If it's college, go. If it's a trade, go. If it's a mission, go. If it's a business, go. If it's the military, go. I do not agree with you parents who want to push your kids into college because that's what worked for you. Well, I've got news for you. Uh, what worked for you and what didn't work for you is relative. Did you have the success you were looking for or did you just settle? Because if you settled and you're happy, now you're pushing your kid to do the same thing. But I, I've literally had kids come to me and say, Mike, I don't think this is what I really want to do. I don't think I can do it. And I ask them, why? Why can't you do that? There's nothing stopping you. You're done with high school. You're done. You're 18. Go do it. Well, my parents, Mike, my parents, they so want me to go to college. Now, granted, yes, I know we as parents, we look at our kids sometimes and we think, look, I know better than you. How do I know that I know better than you? Because I can see what you're doing and I can tell you from experience that that doesn't work. It's called wisdom. That's how we come by it. But that doesn't give us the right to push that wisdom at every turn. Our kids have to make their own mistakes too. So with that, what's that have to do with college? It has everything. So you've got, now you've got kids in college. You've got, you've got kids in college who know what they want to do. And that's the small percentage, I would say, anymore. You've got other kids in college who want to go to general studies trying to figure out what to do because they didn't really know when they got in. And now two years later, I don't know about your college, but two years later, they're done with general studies, still don't know what to do, and they're waiting tables or they're working at the gas station. And now they've got two years of student loan debt they got to repay. And then you've got the kids being pushed hard because that's what they do. The other kids who yet do it because their, their friends did it. What is that benefiting? We are pushing our kids into the system that I will show you is designed to unfreeze what you taught them and refreeze them into liberal thinking. So, why would a kid who you raised to be a great Christian kid Turn his back when he leaves college. Well, let's start with the obvious. This is the obvious. The obvious has nothing to do with college at all, and that is church is boring. Now, I am not a worship team rah-rah guy. I don't like that stuff. Why? Because it's, it's showbiz. Do I have a problem with showbiz? Well, not when I'm watching a movie. But when I go to church, I want meat. I am a Christian. I need meat. I don't need a gazillion people jumping around on the stage. It's empty. That is what the world looks like. Showbiz is the world. Well, Mike, this isn't the first century church. No, this isn't the first century church, but the rules haven't changed. The things that we as men are supposed to do have not changed. Taking care of your family. Leading them in the way. Those things are still the same. And you cannot depend on a bunch of people playing music and jumping around on stage or the worship team to do that for you. That's not their job. It's not really a job at all, if you ask me, okay? But, but let's get to the point. Church is boring. There is no challenge. In some churches, there's so much meat that it just smothers people. 
And in other teacher, uh, churches, there's so much milk, it drowns them. No substance. Why would it surprise you that your kid leaves for, for, liberal, for liberal thinking and democratic socialism because there's action there and there's no action happening in the church? Just a side note. Here's a freebie for you guys, okay? I know that you have it within you to do great things because the Lord puts you on this earth. He allowed you to be picked. To stand here. You may not feel like you're worth it. He thought you were worth it. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Scripture says you're worth it. But yet you're going to plop your butt in a chair every Sunday and Wednesday or Thursday, depending on where you go. And that's it. That's all the obligation you've got. Your job is to guide these guys. So when they hit college, what have you not done before that to secure their place when they hit college so that they are strong, confident Christians who can face up to the faculty, who can face up to their peers, who can face up to the garbage being taught to them. Church is boring. Don't be surprised that, that the other shows... The, you know, liberalism, although it is a completely ridiculous concept, it has the emotional push of helping others. That's what your kids are looking for. The church has the emotional push of helping others through the base of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't show it. It just preaches about it. No action, all fluff. What good is that? Let me grab my notes here. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, this was kind of a go-to scripture for me. As my kids got older, as my boys got older, I thought that if I taught them, if I did my job and taught them, train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it, uh, I thought I'd nail it, and I didn't. I have one kid that hasn't talked to me in years. I have another kid who I have a very strained relationship with, and three that I'm fine with. I've got four, almost five grandkids. What happened? Did I not train my kids? Well, for one, we need to remember, it says even when he's old, he will not depart from it. We don't know when old is. When I was younger, I thought even when he's old, that means when he's done being a child, like 18, 19, 20, then he won't depart from it. When in truth, I don't really know what old is. Does it mean that if you put a foundation so solid that they won't depart from it eventually, maybe that's what he's getting at. Maybe he's getting at the fact that train your child up in the way he should go so that when he's old, he, he has no excuse. But that's neither here nor there. It's the point of the scripture is train up the child. Are we training up our kids? Or are we setting them up for failure when they go to the hallowed church halls? I once had, so I was uh, Army National Guard for 24 years. I once had uh, an OCS recruiter come in. Now, I was an NCO sergeant, okay? And I had a, an OCS, which is an officer candidate school, recruiter come in. And so what they would do is they come in and talk to these kids with college, had to have college to be an officer. So I went to this guy and I said, hey, I'm curious, 
why is college a requirement to be an officer? And he thought about it for a minute. He looked at me and he said, well, I guess we're just, we're just looking for soldiers committed to a higher level of thinking. Now, I want you to remember that people looked at Peter, the apostle, once and were amazed. Why? Because he was of God? No, because he was uneducated and still speaking as though educated. The words coming out of his mouth didn't come out of a traditional uneducated man. So this clown looks at me and says, we're looking for people, soldiers, committed to a higher level of thinking. What's the flip of that? That me as an NCO, I am not committed to a higher level of thinking. My thinking is down here. Only college thinking can be up here. That's garbage. But that's what they're feeding your kids. So when they step out of college, they then feel empowered. Because they're going to go change the world and they don't need the church to do it. All that stuff that they gave you was great and they'll respect it, maybe, with you at Thanksgiving dinner. But, and you know what I'm talking about, how many dinners are now super separated because of politics. Okay, but really, they don't need this God stuff. That's, you know, scientific baloney. We're sending our, our sons and daughters into the lion's den. Let me give you some, let me give you some info. I'm an info guy. So I looked at a couple studies. If you go to my Patreon page, this, this, the links to all of the uh, articles that have the studies in them are, are there. You can read them fully yourself. And there's also a link to the Communist Manifesto, which is the book that Karl Marx wrote and Frederick Engels uh, that, that showed basically the 10 tenets of an ideal communist society. Okay, because those all factor in here. But all of the links to everything I'm going to mention here is there. So a study published in the Washington Post showed more students identified as liberal or very liberal after four years of college with movement away from conservative and moderate leanings. Okay, the same study suggests that it wasn't due to peer pressure from the faculty, but due to the exposure of different ideas and views. Now, I know there's a lot of, I, I've personally met a lot of college students who were conservative who felt that their professors were biased and that they were pushing their stuff on them, okay? However, most of the articles, I'll tell you straight up, most of the articles I read today suggested that the students uh, didn't feel that the faculty was pushing. It was, and we'll get to that, that it was more the the idea of ideas and principles, new ideas and principles. Now, in one sense, that makes sense because if we haven't done our job and set in stone with our kids, taught and tested, taught and tested, taught and tested, then when they get to college, they have no, they have no foundation, no base in which to keep that thought. They have nothing to fight with. If we beat the sword against a stone and never sharpen it and we hand them that sword when they go to college, it's dull and they get pierced. And they throw that thing away because it's not useful. Not useful. I'm going to warn you, I have coffee here. I get pretty parched when I do these things. All right. So with that, yet another one, another article from Forbes. So I'm trying to give you stuff that is main, mainline media, okay? Mainstream media. Another article on Forbes suggests that in, in New England... Uh, liberal professors outnumbered their conservative colleagues 28 to 1. So does the whole faculty push happen? I think it does, even though there wasn't a strong uh, 
supported that in the articles that I read. You can read through them yourself and see what you think. So what are some of the problems with collagen, all right? Academic diversity, which, which encourages the exploration of new and different ideas. Now, now that sounds great on the surface, but they're using that to push liberalism and social democracy in on your kids. Okay, now you're thinking, Mike, this is just a political thing. No, this political thing will completely permeate the fabric of any or of any holes. It will completely patch up any holes that your kid has in their thought process as far as religion goes, and it will begin to overtake the garment. Okay. So on the surface, like I said, academic diversity just encourages the exploration of new and different ideas. That sounds great, but that's what they use to slip it in. Okay. Also social activism, which is really just social justice pressure. Okay. If your kid has the term, I'm just an activist or, you know, it's just activism, dad. All right. That's a problem. That's a problem. It is social activism is nothing but the pressure of social justice. Okay. Third one being woke. Oh my God. How I hate this word. Woke. <laughs> okay. So you know what it means? Being woke is being aware of what's going on in your community. Whatever happened to just being aware? Well, aware doesn't have a political slant to it, and it doesn't have a negative connotation to it, and it's not something that we can put on. Being aware is something we can put on anybody. Being woke is something we only put on the people who are more, more awake than we are. Okay, that's, what, that's one of the other... I mean, these things are being taught actively in colleges, okay? Especially now, especially... I mean, the whole George Floyd thing really blew that out of the water. And fanaticism. Fanaticism in and of itself is a belief or behavior with an obsessive enthusiasm, which is then pushes into activism. These things are being actively taught on colleges and actively pushed. Okay. Another article suggests that Chapel Hill College in North Carolina, and I'm not picking on these colleges on purpose specifically. These are just the ones I came across. All right. The Chapel Hill College in North Carolina Conservative students are considerably more likely to keep their opinions and answers to themselves in class, not because of the professors, but because of their fellow liberal students. Your Christian kids in college are afraid to answer, not so much because of their faculty, but because of their peers, their liberal peers. And their liberal peers in that same study showed they were considerably less likely to be afraid to voice an opinion in class. Well, of course, it's already a liberal, it's already a liberal stage. So your kids who you taught to take the gospel of Christ out, they're afraid to stand. Are they afraid to stand because you didn't teach them how to stand? Or because you taught them the fluff and not the meat? Are they afraid to stand because you've never put them in a position before they went to college to stand? Are they afraid to stand because you didn't explain to them or help them through peer pressure in a positive manner in which they, they understood how to knuckle down and make something happen? What position is are you letting your kids continue in college in? Now, there's a whole other thing there where a lot of people are allowing their kids to go to college uh, early. Now, what I mean by early is... I mean, uh, they can take college classes. We homeschooled our kids, and our our uh, youngest two, I want to say, 
uh, actually did some college classes, went, drove to the college, took some college classes as part of their homeschool curriculum, and then they come home and finish up their homeschooling stuff. And we had conversations. We were very proactive. We had conversations with them all the time about what was being taught to them by their professors. One of my sons had a professor who was exceptionally liberal and ended up loving my son in the end because he challenged her. Look, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I will tell you one thing right now, it was absolutely essential to me and my wife that my sons knew how to back up what they thought, that they weren't afraid to stand. We put them in positions where they had to stand on their own, where they knew they had the backing of the family, but the family wasn't always gonna be there. And my sons, both of the younger ones who went to college, made their stands, they made them politely but firmly and gain the respect of their profs, especially the one that I'm talking about. She really gave him a hard time and he gained her respect strictly for respectfully and, uh, well, for respectfully taking a stand and he never just took a stand because that's what I think. He always took a stand with information to back up what he thought. He was prepared and when he, and he wasn't afraid to say, I don't know, let me check that out. That is another thing we've got to teach our kids that failure is okay. We've got to teach them that saying, I'm not sure, let me get back to you is an acceptable answer. We are sending our kids to slaughter. So where did the original breakdown happen? Glad you asked. I can tell you exactly where the original breakdown happened public school. Let's talk about public school for a minute. Now, am I slamming you because you kid sent your kids to public school? No, we homeschooled. We know a lot of people that homeschool. I mean, with this whole COVID and, and oh my goodness. I mean, this whole mess in the United States right now, and this whole, what it looks like to go back to school. There is a huge division now between people, especially on social media, uh, there's a ton of people who are now going to homeschool their kids who would have never thought they homeschooled their kids before because they can't believe what's happening. There's a whole other contingent that want to homeschool but can't and end up will end up sending their kids back to the school. And then there's yet a whole other contingent who absolutely need to send their kids back to school because they can't stand to be in the same room with their kids more than about a couple hours. And they want to yell at the homeschoolers for being so self or for uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. There's just I mean I've seen it a million times. Okay, and then the homeschoolers get mad and they call the other selfish and there's just all this baloney that just doesn't need to be there, all right? So public school, so you've got this whole mess, right? The original breakdown happened there. Uh, you know, where is liberalism taught in the social school system and, and what do liberals believe? Socialism, socialism is exactly what they're pushing, democratic socialism, which I will go into uh, more in depth in a different video. Democratic socialism, is basically where they take the good things of capitalism, keep those, but they have all of the good things from socialism, good things from socialism, like free healthcare and you know, where it takes care of everybody. All right, that system doesn't work. It's a theory. It's a theory that's never been proven. Now, a lot of people wanna talk about Denmark and they wanna talk about Mike, what about, what about, what about, go look at their, go look at their tax system. All right, they're taxed, I mean, ungodly amounts so that somebody else can take care of them. Hey, look, I'm gonna tell you straight up that if you are behind a socialist system, 
If you support if you support socialism, how does that align with a belief in God? God has always been about provide for your own, provide for your own. For a man who doesn't provide for his own is worse than what? An unbeliever. Not a church that doesn't provide for their own. Not a government that doesn't provide for their own. But a man who does not provide for his own is worse than an unbeliever. It is our responsibility. It is our job. Socialism is about as anti-God as you're going to get. Why? Let's continue. I'll tell you why. Glad you asked. Okay, public school systems... A public school system in and of itself, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, no COVID. No, I'm joking. Um, I get heartburn. So the public school system is one of the 10 tenets to a successful communist government in the Communist Manifesto. Now, what am I saying by that? There are 10 tenets to the ideal communist system written in the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx and Frederick Engel, and I believe it was in the 1800s. 10 tenets. A public school system is one of the ideal tenets. Kids are taught about abortion and sex ed. Kids are taught typically about evolution and science. The new Common Core program literally has erased a ton of U.S. history uh, that's been taught in the public schools for 200 years, right? Civic studies have been replaced by ethics studies. And student projects are now taught with socialist and environmental slants. Don't think for two seconds that environmentalism is anything but a socialist push. Unless you have, you can have an opinion about it all you want to, unless you dig in and actually figure out what's going on with the environmentalist movement. It is not about saving trees. It is about taking your rights. Anyway, student projects now are taught with socialist and environmentalist slants with teachers telling kids who they can and cannot report on. There have been kids who have been told, who is your, your hero? There was one little girl in particular, and if you Google it, you can find it who had Trump as a hero and the teacher would not accept her project. Don't tell me that everything's cool in the public school system. Okay, how do I know? Okay, what is, say, evolution? Not every conservative is religious, all right? I know that. The bulk are, but not everyone is. I know a lot of conservatives that are not religious, which is interesting to me that, because to me, uh, the two do walk hand in hand a lot, but it's... It's interesting to see when somebody doesn't believe in God, but does believe conservative thoughts. Now with that, okay, socialism depends on the state taking care of everybody. It also depends on humanism. And if you really take a look at it, you're going to find that humanism plays a huge role. And they also are, uh, democratic socialism is against a state religion. Now they'll say state religion and everybody will go, well, Mike, we don't have a state religion. Look, America was considered a Christian nation. Why do you think there's been such a push against Christians? Or now it's conservatives, all right? They're going after the, the Christians through conservatism. So by telling bakeries that they have to do something regardless of their, pre their preference, by telling wedding officiants what weddings they can and can't do, what do you think that is? These are the things that are being taught to your kids in public school. So what happens is they spend eight hours a day learning about all this stuff. You spend a couple hours a week, maybe, teaching them that's not right. Let me tell you which one's going to stick in the long run. Because once they get to college, they've already been, they've got all this backdoor indoctrination that's already happened. And all of that is solidified in college. So we think that by keeping them involved in youth rallies and we think that by keeping them involved in, 
you know, we, we make sure they're at church every Wednesday and every Sunday morning and every Sunday night or every Thursday or, you know, we take them through, if you're Catholic, you take them through catechism. I mean, there's all these things, all these things we got to do, we got to do, we got to do. That's law, people, law. And if you look back a, f a few videos, you see where I talked about law is killing Christianity, not the other, it's not promoting it. And if we tell our kids that we have to do this, we have to do this, and we don't explain to them the why, if we don't come at it from a, look, this is why Christ did what he did. This is why Christ made the sacrifice. This is why we've got to be, all right, we can get all of the how and everything into the why. Then our kids have no why. The why will carry them through. But the surface teaching the milk won't. Did you know, in a book by John Taylor Gatto called Dumbing Us Down, he points out the fact that public schools were begun to teach kids to be factory workers. And by the way, that mode hasn't changed much. It was taught, it was, it was started, they, they do the hours they do so that kids could get used to shift work. So that they were able to work those days and that, so that they would, it would be an easy transition for, the, for them to go from public school to manufacturing or factory work. You don't have to believe me, go look. It wasn't invented for the, the greatness of, or for the betterment of man. It was created as a convenience for industry and government. So what am I telling you? All right, look, when I get on these rants, I am very passionate about a lot of these things. I've lived it, okay? I had to stand, I had to sit in my, in my divorce my, my, uh, with my ex. I had to sit on the stand and be grilled about my religious convictions, not my preferences, my convictions. And I stood and I answered some questions because this is the scenario. Well, if you're on the witness stand, okay, I was on the witness stand. And I knew because my boys had been, my two oldest boys from prior marriage had been, there was some false allegations filed. They put a restraining order on me for nine months. I hadn't seen my boys in nine months. And so this court case was determining. And I sat on that stand and her lawyer asked me questions specifically about my faith and my convictions. And I knew, I knew that my answers could cost me my boys until they were adults. And my boys were young then. I knew it. And this isn't to brag. It's not to say, look at me, look at me. This is to prove that it is within every one of us. I was scared to death to lose my sons but I was more scared to lose God. And I answered those questions according to scripture. And the Lord blessed us and we were able to regain time with those boys that very day. This isn't easy. I don't rant at you guys because, I, I rant because I care. I rant because things have got to change. I rant because the time of being nice about it is over. It's bullcrap. It's done. It's gone. The America today will never... Well, the America in January of 2020, how different was that? That day is gone. Gone. Can we return to that day? Yes, we could return to that day. But at this point, it will take years to return to that day. America looks like 
America now is ratcheted so far forward, so fast, I never thought I would see in my lifetime what I'm seeing today. Separation of church and college. Why? Because you've got to prep these kids more. And if they're going to go to college, you've got to spend more time prepping them in the public school or even homeschool or private school areas because what they're learning is against you, not for you. And it is certainly not for them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Verse 6, and I've read these words to you guys before, but they apply a lot. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. There is no time in your life that you are not teaching your kids while they are still in your house. And when they are out of your house, you're still teaching them then, but you're doing it more like a coach. You're waiting for them to come to you. You parents who stick your nose in your, in your kid's business constantly, you, you dads, get your, your nose out of there. You want them to listen, wait for them to ask. Don't shake your head. Don't be condescending. Love them. Wait for them to ask. They've got to make their own mistakes. But listen... When they are under your care, you shall teach them diligently to your son. That means work. If you truly believe something, if it's your conviction, if you sit in that church building every Sunday because that is your conviction, this is where I've got to be. Be an active Christian. Don't be this friggin' nine-to-five guy who sets the example only when eyes are watching. If you're the dude who comes home and just sits in front of the TV and plays video games while your wife is still hoofing it and sweating it, you're wrong. I played video games. I get, I get it. I played video games all while the boys were growing up. I got up super early before anyone was up. I played then. It never interfered. My point isn't that I'm better. My point is I figured it out. My point is I made it work. Lose some sleep. Sweat. Bleed cry and know that you did everything for your kids in the end know that when they hit college they've been tried and tested and if they fail that's something they've got to deal with you have nothing to apologize for but don't be a mediocre christian you find me the word mediocre and average when it comes to the christian in scripture you're not going to find it and then philippians chapter 4 Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. This one I really struggle with. There are things happening now that have quite honestly shifted my thinking in a lot of ways. Not, not bad, but I am more concerned and it is really difficult not to focus on the negative things. It's really difficult to not want to just walk out your front door and go make something right. And I don't necessarily always mean in a positive manner. We're men. We were made for war. Let's be honest. We all have that within us. That, that drive to protect that which is ours and which is our family. 
Today's America scares me, but only you and I can change it. And we're not going to do it being passive. I'm not saying rise up with guns and everything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we got to be smart. We've got to train at the weakest link. And what we need to realize is maybe that weakest link is us. Maybe the best way to be there for your kids is to grow conviction. And remember, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell in these things. We have got to remember that we must focus on the good. We must focus on those things that bring us back to center. That doesn't mean ignore what's going on. That doesn't mean don't make a plan if there's a plan that needs to be made. That doesn't mean defend if there's something to defend. What that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't negate any of those things. But our hearts have to be focused on what the goal is, the seeking and saving of the lost. We cannot win the day if we've lost the training. And our sons and daughters are losing the day because we never gave them the training. Dwell on those things that are excellent. Might seem like I'm yelling at you, that's not it. It's just, I, I feel so strongly about the direction America needs to go, about the direction we as men need to move. We need to volunteer. We need to train. We need to teach. We need to preach. We need to step out. We need to be uncomfortable. We need to take risk. That's what founded the nation. And we can be victorious. But more specifically, Christ can be victorious. So, on that note, once again, I said that the uh, links to all the articles and everything are on Patreon. And just so you know, uh, one thing I've noticed a lot, especially on social media, it's kind of hard to hide there. Uh, there's a huge attack going on as far as uh, towards Christians and towards a belief in God at all. Now, there's always been an attack. I've noticed a, another upheaval of it. And it's interesting to me that a lot of a lot of atheists, atheists, actually, I don't believe in true atheism, but that's, you'll find out why that is in another vid. So I have decided that I'm going to do a series, a, a, because they always say that there's no science in creation. So I'm going to do a very simple video series here in the next few months uh, on the science of scripture and things, little things that you can remember and you can use and references that you can put on your shelf so that when you are engaged, you don't just say, well, you just have to have faith because that's like the dumbest answer ever. I'm sorry. If somebody says there's no science in scripture, we are obligated as Christians to be able to tell them why there is science in scripture and why there'd be no science without God. Okay. Evolution in and of itself <coughs> is relatively easy to debunk if you've done the work. Okay. It's not that hard. There's some facts out there uh, that are not that difficult. I mean, here, here's a, here's a tidbit. I'll give you one. The, when they measure the sun, it shrinks at five feet per hour. If you were to add five feet per hour as, in as long as they've been measuring, if you were to add five feet per hour to the sun for just a million years, it would be touching the face of the earth. See little things, little things. 
okay? But I'm gonna do that series, it's going to address it so that you can then at least have little tidbits that will at least help you pave the way for somebody else who may really be seeking God, but doesn't realize they're seeking God yet. I'm also gonna do another small series of vids uh, on politics and political issues. And it's not to push that agenda, it's because I also noticed that a lot of people make a lot of silly statements that really have no backing. And so when we're talking about, I mean, if I tell you uh, they wanna push uh, democratic socialism, most of you only heard socialism. Democratic socialism isn't the same as just regular socialism. It's like a precursor, but you need to understand that so that when you're having a conversation, you can effectively guide somebody back to the issue, which really is a belief in God, but at least it helps pave the way. They will just be things that will help you. Those will only be available on Patreon, okay? Just so you know, I'm not gonna just throw them out in the, the podcast world. Those will be available through Patreon, so keep watch for those, all right? So, you guys have a great day. Visit my Patreon page. You can visit us on YouTube, on Instagram. Uh, you can visit my wife and I in the Remarriage Academy on, on YouTube and uh, on TikTok, for that matter. I've, I've got some just some fun stuff and some other type of things on TikTok. Yes, I'm 50. I know what TikTok is. So, you guys have a great day. Seize the day. Make the difference. And set an example for your kids that they want to follow. Thanks for listening to The Sedated Man. Bringing Christian men back to power in their homes, congregations, and communities. We'll see you next time.